Are you a bride chilla or groom chilla? Spend 30 minutes with Bride Chilla podcast host Alicia and you will be. So let's get planning. I love when you get passionate about certain things, bride chillers and groom chillers. And uh, well, when my guest today and I talked last time, we had a bit of a suggestion about a potential new topic that we'd like to discuss. I'm talking about uh, the feminist bride. You might have heard her. Oh gosh, I can't even remember, Katrina, when you were last on. It feels like yesterday, but I'm sure it was like six months ago. (laughs) Welcome back to the show. (laughs) Yeah, I think so. Uh, probably about that time. Yeah, it was all a while, a little while ago, but we had a great episode talking all about feminism and weddings, and it got such wonderful feedback from all of my listeners. So thank you so much. I think you inspired a lot of people to really think about what they're doing and how they really feel about certain aspects of the wedding planning process. So bloody good on you. <laughs> oh, well, I'm glad that happened, and thanks for having me back. Oh, my pleasure. And we are here today. We are gathered here today to speak all about name changing because boy, oh boy, this is a hot topic. And it's something that I think a lot of people struggle with and can't really decide if it's something they should do. So I know last time when you were on, we touched on the subject and then promised to come back and talk about it more and really get to the sort of crux of how we make this big decision. So it's so great to have your knowledge and for you to share some of the history of name changing and also looking at it from a feminist perspective because I think that's something a lot of my bride chiller and groom chiller audience feel very strongly about. Uh, That sounds great. Where do you want to start? Where do I want to start? How about we start with a a listener question? Because I've got a couple up my sleeve and uh, this one I thought was just a good one to kick off. What I've really enjoyed when I put the call out and said to people, what do you think? What do you want to know? What are some of the questions that we can talk about today? It was really great to hear back from some of the the listeners like using really creative means when it comes to making this decision. But I thought I'd start with Morgana and she says uh, that she would like to talk about name change because she's got a very urgent question because her wedding is coming up very soon. She said that she's running into more obstacles uh, with her fiance is from Luxembourg, and in his country, it's not customary to change your name, and the family automatically becomes the family's wife's name slash husband's name. This is I'm, I'm going to explain this. She says she's American, mm-hmm. and she's really looking forward to a name change. It's a bit surprising to her friends since she's she says she's militantly feminist about these things. In addition to the question of the family unity. She says, I don't see how it's more feminist to keep my father's name than to take my husband's name. And I especially like this because my father and I have never really been on the best terms. I would really like to change my last name to my mother's maiden name, hyphen my husband's name. I'm very devoted to passing down my maternal family history to my children and I'm always a bit sad that I didn't get a hyphenated name to begin with because my mum's family history is very important to me and my identity. So she sort of says, what can I do? How do I go about this without offending anyone but actually doing what's true to her? That's a great question. Yeah, that's really great. Uh, Just so I'm clear... When they combine names, the Luxembourg tradition is for the husband to take her name as well? Yes. 
This is a good question. She says, my fiancé, it is not customary to change your name and the family automatically becomes the wife's name hyphen husband's name. So they must hyphenate them. Okay. That's modern. I think what's really important to start out understanding for all your listeners is what these traditions actually are. And so the most common Mm. tradition that... Uh, I just found a study recently that it's 93% of U.S. brides practice this. It's called patronymics, and that's when you adopt the man's name either through marriage or through your father. And then when you take the mother's name, it's called matronymics. And the middle ground, which is what it sounds like the Luxembourg tradition is, doesn't actually have a name, so I've given it one myself. I call it nucleonymics. And that includes hyphenation, creating a new name, um, uh, which could be completely random or a scramble of the two different names. And uh, there's only about like 8 to 10% of brides who practice neutronymics. So the fact that the Luxembourg tradition uh, seems to practice that, I think personally as a feminist is really great. Yeah, I agree. Um, As far as her issues with having her father's name and that being the hyphenated name, my feelings on that is that last names are sort of like a house. Um, One of the arguments that a lot of brides say against uh, doing neutronymics or matronymics is that, well, what's the point if I'm just passing on my father's name? I think eventually when it's the wife or the mother passing on her last name, even though it was originally the father's last name. It's like buying a used house. Like it used to belong to someone else, but eventually you put your own stamp and you make it your own home. So it becomes yours. So I kind of feel like through time and progression, that last name she got from her father can eventually take on new meaning. But I don't actually see why she can't, in the name change process, just switch to her mother's last name and use that to hyphenate with her new husband. I think that's a great idea and it's a really good compromise. And also then she solves that whole problem about a dad and then she gets new beginnings. It's all fresh and she keeps that maternal, she passes that piece of maternal history, which I think is actually something that a lot of people underestimate with sometimes depending on if you have kids or not, if that name is going to then cease to exist. You know, I think our family, uh, the McCormacks, my maiden name, uh, they it's going to end because we don't have any other boys coming through. So that made me go, oh, gee whiz, that's a bit of a shame. That's part of the history of our family just ending. <laughs> yeah, you know, that's one of the main reasons a lot of brides will take their husband's name is – Uh, One, they think a single name unites a family, but I've never seen a study that said that the reason why someone got divorced is because they had two last names. names. So I kind of feel like that reasoning is thrown out the window in my book. Yeah. The other one is, what do you name your kids? And, you know, would the kids be able to identify with having two last names or having parents with two last names? I think kids are smart. I think they'll figure it out. I also think genetics is 50-50, and she's bringing up a really good point for her mother's heritage, which seems to be a large part of her identity and her background. Like, that should be represented, and I think that should be represented in all kids. And unfortunately, the history of patronymics just downplays that completely. Um, It's been both European and American tradition for the husband to be the one who carries the family name. So he kind of just dominates. 
and puts out women's last name and therefore their background and their heritage. And I think that's a shame. I think women today deserve a little bit more representation, especially if they're taking care of those kids mostly down the road. Yeah, that's the irony of this whole thing. I, I was sort of doing some research as well in preparation for this interview and I, it kept coming back to me going, women, you know, and not to make this as a big statement, to be are the foundations, they're the, we're the ones that have the kids, we're the ones that physically make them with an added bit of sperm, no doubt. But it is this thing that, you know, it's the 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 whole matriarchal sort of part of, 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 of the family is the woman. And I think it is strange that we do just get sort of shunted off a little bit with our name changing. And yeah, it's, it's quite strange, but it's how it was, wasn't it? Uh, yeah, actually, I'd like to elaborate on that. Um, it kind of Please. explains why this tradition exists. So there's three different reasons why patronymics is a, a thing. One is religion that goes all the way back to the book of Genesis, where the wife of Abraham um, took on Abraham's name. Like she, her identity kind of disappeared. And then all children would be named. How do I explain this? All children would be named of Abraham because she had his last name. I hope that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, the, uh, yep. the other reason was uh, to identify which kid was legitimate and which kid was born out of wedlock and considered a bastard. It, it was just basically a way to discriminate against uh, illegitimate children. Mm. Children who had the name of their father, that means they went through the proper channels of uh, marriage. And that means the mother was married as well because she had to have her husband's last name in order to pass it on. And so children who didn't have the father's last name Uh, They couldn't inherit his title, his land, his assets. Uh, They were really discriminated in society up until probably the mid-20th century is the best bet. Uh, At least in the U.S., that's when a lot of illegitimacy laws were overturned over here. And those are basically based off um, or inspired by patronymic laws. And then the other reason why is for inheritance. And so when modern society did away with a lot of those laws that discriminated against women and out-of-wedlock children, you really have no reason to practice patronymics anymore. What do you think about this idea that people say, well, I know you mentioned it before, oh, well, I have to have the same name because I don't want mums and dads at school to think I'm some sort of hobag or something because that's what it really comes down to, isn't it, to, to think it, and that's probably me being harsh in my way of saying it, but they go, we want kids to have the same names as us so no one gets confused. And I don't think it's about the kids in any way. I think it's about the perception that you have had, that you're not connected with the family or you're not you've been you know you've got multiple kids by different names that's what I I think it's like a social thing yeah absolutely I I hope that's diminishing now um Mm. you know my kid has my last name um and his middle name is his father's name and I don't know I kind of feel that I shouldn't bend to a system that's not (laughs) that's going to treat people like inappropriately in that damn straight yeah totally (laughs) i'd rather be the trailblazer even if the road's a little bit harder because i i don't think anyone should be treated differently just because they have a different last name i couldn't agree more and i think it's it's so it is so old school boring the fact that that's how we've been sort of 
I don't know, not forced to think, but I think that sometimes we don't we don't question and challenge, and that's why it's great to do this episode with you today because I know so much of the information that you gave out in you shared in the last episode especially the hymen cake stuff people were obsessed with the cake stuff like I had people write to me going I'm not having a cake anymore what I don't know if I want a cake if that's what it means or I don't think so or at least I'm going to tell my guests this is a hymen breaking cake very funny and amazing because you're the information I think a lot of people don't challenge and this is exactly why we are talking all about name changing today um now lovely bride chiller Darcy has left this voice message Hello, my darling Alicia. This is Darcy from Chicago. I stumbled upon your podcast through a search back in May, about a month into planning my wedding, and it was truly a gift from the gods, and it came at the perfect time. I've been waiting to donate and leave a voice message until I was completely caught up on all the past episodes, and I finally am. I completed the bulk of all of my wedding planning within the couple months that I was listening to all your episodes, and I'm totally feeling super confident about all of it right now. Um, Our wedding isn't until July 2017. I wanted this long engagement in order to leave plenty of time after planning all this shit just to chill out and kind of focus on us. So the current discussion we're having right now is about our post-marriage last names. He doesn't feel that we both need to have his last name, which I dislike for myself, and he said he doesn't really like the sound of it with my first name anyway. Um, But he also doesn't want to take mine, even though we both agree my last name is way cooler than his. We're now on the subject of merging our names into a new name because we're not really crazy about hyphenating. I have this vision 200 years into the future where children have 14 hyphenated last names, and I guess we'd prefer not to contribute to that. Um, I'm not really drawn to any meshing of our name, like Yash, Tung, Tang, Yushi, Tashung, Youngyi. We feel like Young Tash is probably our coolest sounding option, but I'm still not sold on it. He really likes the idea of starting our own little tree, and we would definitely have our own little tree with that last name. (laughs) Um, I'm almost ready to just say screw it and tack my last name onto my middle name and just take his last name in order to make life easier for everyone. I really like how you took Rich's last name um, legally and then still continue to use your maiden name. And that's definitely an option I've been considering. Um, But then I'm not really sure what name our children would take. I appreciate any and all input you have. Um, You know, I really value your opinion. And thank you so much for all of your help along the way. You have been just a godsend. (laughs) Absolutely. Um, so I would say happy days, but would haps days be the proper Australianism for happy days? If so, haps days. I think creating a completely new name is pretty awesome. I think you have several different options when you're going to go down that path. You can play the Scrabble name game, which is just to take the letters, uh, or the roots of your name to create something new. You can... Go with something completely from the left field, uh, something that's meaningful to both of you, something that you can both identify behind and sort of pass down, if you're going to have kids, uh, those values behind that new name. Uh, I also think it's really interesting if people take specific structures of their last name that identify their ethnicity and combine those, um, Mm. especially if you have kids down the road. So I'm... 100% 100% Ukrainian, and my um, my spouse's last name is French, and we had considered, you know, what if we created a name that identified 
both parts of that heritage. Um, if we wanted to have future children or that's just how we could identify our family as, um, we decided not to go that route. But I think that's an interesting option for some people. And it's really a very you know, egalitarian option. I feel like that's, this is the point of going, let, and also a, the first big teamwork decision that you've got to go, well, let's totally come up with a new team name and start from scratch together. I actually think it's a really forward thinking and exciting choice to make if if that's something you want to do. And gosh, the options are endless. Yeah. Really exciting. I have to really applaud her fiance on that because for men, the concept of changing their last name when they get married is completely foreign. Like it just doesn't happen. This is why men are juniors and first. Uh, they're expected to carry the family name because of all those historical reasons that I mentioned. Um, mm. And I I think there's something called the male mystique, sort of like we have the feminine mystique, um, where you don't, where men, it's very hard for them to break out from their own gender stereotypes. You know, they're expected to fit into a box. Um, I know that when we were thinking about name change, you know, my spouse was concerned about what his peers would say, because it's just really unheard of for men to change their name. And at least in the U.S., the civil system is rigged against them. It actually will cost more and be more of a hassle for men to change their name than women to uh, in most states in the U.S. It's like, wow. Yeah, there's actually been a few civil cases um, against like California, for example, where a man was like, you can't discriminate against me. Uh, for wanting to change my name at marriage, and uh, he he won the case, and so now California treats name change the same. Um, so I think that's really great. He is willing to be bold and uh, change his last name. Yeah, I, and look, Darcy, please write in and tell us. We would very be interested, very interested in what you end up choosing because it's a big decision. And you know, like she's given us lots of examples of some of the options she's got, but gosh. I don't know. I'm, I, I, feel, I feel nervous enough about having a kid in the future and having to name a child, let alone come up with a whole new family name. <laughs> yeah. So one of the things that happens to me a lot is that brides love coming up to me and telling me how uh, changing their last name. And they, they're like, I was a feminist. I chose this and I chose to take his name. And I go, that's great. You know, what did you say? when you asked him to uh, take your last name and they're like, what? Like brides always forget <laughs> to ask the, their fiance to consider changing his name as well. And that's the most basic thing you can do when it comes to, you know, deciding whether or not name change is for you. So I would absolutely suggest to all your listeners, if they're considering this to make sure that it's a two way street, cause that's real equality at least. Yeah. We are talking all about name change and uh, the pros, the cons, the questions, the discussions that a lot of people don't choose to have until five seconds before they get hitched. We are joined, we as in I am joined by the lovely Katrina. She is from thefeministbride.com. It is where you find all of the information about things to do with feminism, questions, thoughts, comments. History, traditions, it's amazing. I would say spend a lot of time there, learn and uh, enjoy. There is more of the Bride Chiller podcast after this very short but meaningful break. It is Name Change Day. 
a day that we have been receiving so many wonderful emails, voice messages, comments on the uh, various social medias. It's one of those topics that people really, I think... It's, it's funny, as soon as you ask, it really explodes and people have very firm opinions either way about it. Do you find when you bring it up on your blog and when you're talking about it on social media that people take it very personally? Name change? Yeah, because it is a personal decision. And, you know, it's your fam- family, where you come from. It's how you identify yourself. Um, but mm. one of the reasons that people mostly get really personal about it is because they're always invoking... Um, choice feminism and so therefore they think it's you know they're taking charge they're being independent uh, they're being educated but I think it's really important to tell your listeners that choice feminism is really different than freedom of choice uh, that we know like choice feminism is actually not very good although it's terribly named uh, hate the name Feminism is wonderful, but choice feminism bad. So freedom and choice is all about reproductive freedom, which came about in the 60s and the 70s. But choice feminism, which was coined by Linda Hirschman, actually is people making a decision within a biased system and not realizing there are parameters to that decision. So when a Mm -hmm. lot of brides tell me that they chose to take their husband's name and because they chose, therefore it's feminist – they're not really recognizing that they already live in a patriarchal society where patronymics has been the culture that they've lived in. They're predisposed to choose patronymics just because of our social traditions. Um, And it's really hard to get people to understand that sometimes when you make choices within choice feminism, it's not always the healthiest towards going towards equality. Does that make sense? It does. Well, I think, you know, what surprised me, and I said just before the break that so many people had amazing feedback about your episode and I, your last episode, and I will link to it in the show notes if you would like to have a listen to it. I would say go away and do it as soon as you've finished this episode. But I think that a lot of the things that you discussed are just not said in mainstream wedding press and because it doesn't work for selling shit that they're trying to sell, I think, partially. That's me being a bit cynical, but hey. That's my job. Uh, But also I don't think that we're challenged enough to think about this sort of stuff and to go back, you know, and actually make these these decisions, talking about choice feminism, to actually think about where this all came from. And also I feel like at the moment, especially in our current political state, and I don't really want to get into um, what we can just say that, you know, Trump's a fucking idiot, but (laughs) the idea that... (laughs) And hopefully we, when you listen to this, we don't have to ever talk about that man ever again. But the idea that we can't see strong women without being uh, the word feminism being used in a negative sense, which I just find so infuriating. But I think some people are so threatened by the idea of feminism that they won't talk about it. And it, it, it seems like a dirty word and it makes me like it, it, it makes me crazy. It makes me so. It's angry. wonderful. I feel like such a stronger person and much more confidence once I embraced it and owned it. Um, mm-hmm. I, I recommend to everyone else giving it a go. For, for uh, me too. <laughs> uh, but I think in the context of wedding culture and being a bride, it's so useful because it does give you this access to educating yourself about what all these traditions mean. I mean, one of the other reasons why people take the husband's last name is because it's tradition. That's what you do. And they use that argument for practicing many other wedding traditions. But feminism really steps in and says, hey, let's take a break. Let's examine what we're really doing here. 
And I think that is actually a better avenue uh, of respect. Like you're supposed to practice tradition as a sign of respect, but feminism allows you to learn about that tradition. And for me, that's the utmost respect. But it also gives you the courage and the tools to say, oh, well, I learned about it. It's not so great. It turns out this tradition, what can I do to improve it? And it, it allows for that kind of evolution and growth, with I, which I think is wonderful. And then it, your wedding's going to become that much more meaningful because you're so much more invested in what you're doing. And I think even if you do choose to then go, all right, I'd like to take my husband's name or I'd like to make this choice, I think it all comes from the fact that you have actually thought about it and made the conscious decision and not just done it because you think that's what you should be doing. Yeah, even if you, at the end of the day, choose your husband's name, as long as it's done under the utmost like research and thought and it's a two-way conversation between you and he's considering changing his name and the alternatives as much as you are, then I accept patronymics. Um, yeah. I personally just unfortunately don't find many brides going down that path. And, you know, that's why I do what I do. So they can. And please keep doing it. Can I just, just say again, please keep doing <laughs> it. Please keep spreading the word. Have you read Feminist Flight, Fight Club yet? No. What is that? Jessica Bennett has written this amazing book. Um, I've only just started it, so I can't comment entirely but it is um it's it's an official survival manual for feminists uh mainly in the workplace but it's it's one of those books that I keep seeing people tweeting about I was like I have to buy this thing um and it's really amazing and it just I think it just cements this idea that um you know obviously feminism is becoming something it's it's evolving now and it's something that I think a lot of millennials are starting to embrace this concept that they don't have to take shit in the workplace and be you know be be trumped everywhere you go uh and yeah it's it's a really powerful book i would highly recommend uh adding it to a reading list oh that's everyone that's awesome yeah yeah and if you look at the feminist fight club hashtag is also um is the feminist fight club hashtag can't say it is great to see people sharing you know their experiences and and um yeah it's it's great love to love for you to read it and hear what you think okay we'll do i've got time for another voice message with the lovely from the lovely erin hey alicia um long time listener first time caller that one's for rich um i just listened to your episode 197 where you asked people to call in and discuss their feelings about name changes and um like the the caller that you were responding to, I also have given a lot of thought to whether or not I want to change my name because of my own feminism. And my fiance actually suggested an alternative um, that we're really excited about. So our plan is to look back through our family histories and find a maternal last name that um, I guess has been married out that's in common on both sides of our family. And we will take that name as our new name. Um, and in that way, we're going to both have the same name. So we'll, you know, feel like a team and we'll have the same name as our hopefully future children. Um, and we're also sort of giving a voice back to um, that those women who whose names were, t- were taken out of the genealogical record. So we're really excited about that. And we're lucky that we come from an area where there's a lot of um, shared ancestry and shared last names. So 
it shouldn't be too difficult to do. Um, but yeah, that's our plan. I just wanted to share it in case it's useful to any other bride chillers out there. All right. Thank you so much for everything that you do. I love the podcast. Happy days. So what do you think about this idea of going through the maternal last names? I mean, I suppose we talked about this a little bit before that often the maternal names just disappear because they get replaced with the the new man's name. Mm-hmm. So it's quite a nice idea that Erin has to go back through the family history and pick a name that might have been a little bit dormant now and bring it back. Yeah, I think that is an awesome option that fits within Nutronymics and it shows how creative you can be with the neutronymics that works for both partners, you know, not just one. Um, one of the sad things that I have as the feminist bride is that a lot of people who hyphenate last names, it's usually just the woman and the man doesn't hyphenate yes. his name at all. Uh, so for this couple to go back into their, you know, history and find something that they can share together Uh, that's mutually beneficial and something that they can both take pride in. I think that's wonderful. You know, it's still more egalitarian than a lot of the other options. So kudos to them. Yes. Round of applause, Erin and Erin's Mr. (laughs) Erin. Um, is there anything, I, I always love chatting with you. You keep up to date with so many things and your blog, I, I will have to say again, thefeministbride.com, you have some amazing articles and I think you cover so much of what bride chillers and groom chillers ask me and I often refer them to you and sort of say, read a blog, read one of you know your latest posts because I think you explain things with um, not just me going, oh, just don't do that. You actually give people reasons. Mm-hmm. So that's uh, <laughs> congratulations. And is there anything we didn't discuss last time, not to just put you on the spot, but anything that's standing out at the moment that you're noticing uh, brides doing or not doing in the world of weddings that you want to bring up? Ooh. You know, the DIY wedding is always sort of touted as feminist, but I'm not completely Mm. sure it is. I think if you, because one of the reasons why the DIY wedding is kind of kicking it to the wedding industrial curve, which feminism has a really big problem with, which is fair. But when it comes to the DIY wedding, the person who's putting these personal touches in their you know, sweat and tears into these handcrafted uh, centerpieces, it's usually still the woman and her bridesmaids. Mm -hmm. Uh, I would say the DIY wedding would be more feminist if the groom and the groomsmen were also participating and in these hand touches. Um, I also think feminism, it would be more feminist if, they were actually doing something more proactive with the DIY touches, like making a business out of it. Um, not that you have to make money off of it, but uh, they're, within the DIY world, uh, a lot of women are finding uh, careers within that, like, which is wonderful. Whereas before it was just considered a domestic craft for you know housewives. And I think when the DIY touches takes on this sort of, uh, pro capital Etsy feel like I think it's awesome and I think that's a little bit more feminist I, yeah that's what I kind of think is going on in the wedding world. I, I think it's I think it's amazing and I think you've just really you've just really hit a big nail on the head I mean we can all go Martha Stewart on our asses I mean and bitch knows how to make some cash there's no doubt about it but I love the idea that so many vendors that I've spoken to over the last two years who 
did exactly what you just said. Who went? Oh, I I have really found my calling in making certain items or getting creative or moving into the design sort of world and turning it into a business. Um, and it's it's really been empowering. And I really try and feature as many uh, you know women entrepreneurs on this show as possible, just to really promote this idea that that if you can move in you can move in from a corporate world and move into something creative and really make some good coin out of it but also be really fulfilled and I think the wedding industry although it has many uh down points in the shit that they're trying to sell people and the pressure that I think is placed on women especially to look a certain way and feel a certain way and do things you know ticking off lists of how they think they should be I also think that there's lots of wonderful aspects of this industry and I hope that you know we can continue to promote those those uh, that ethos behind that as well and overthrow some of the uh, shit that we can hopefully get rid of it you know in the next couple of years that people are questioning things more and, and really choosing to take part and making the wedding truly what they want it to be not just what a bridal magazine says yes here here very well said yeah that was a bit of a rant <laughs> i felt it but i you know <laughs> i went to a, a, a an industry awards night very recently and i it was very interesting to see the people in the room it was a wedding industry awards night and uh i did not win Aww. and that it was fine i was like fuck the system <laughs> I'll win my own awards. Um, <laughs> but I had a lovely conversation with another blogger and she was a fellow brownhead and I, you know, I, I stick with the brunettes. Mm-hmm. I don't know. We were saying we weren't the click-clack blonde and no, I love blondes. Are you a blonde? I'm a dirty blonde. It depends how much I'm outside. <laughs> Good. I like that. You're a dirty blonde. The, the, I, I just think there was, you know, the girls that I, I just don't fit in with the, you know, I was wearing black and had my boots on and I'm just not a very, you know, like a little, I don't know how I want to put it, wedding-y. I don't really fit into that the mold of cutter, the wedding yeah. industry. I, yeah, and I think there are so many women that do fit in and they make really good businesses out of it, but also they don't. I don't think they produce the content that I'm really interested in and, and challenge people as much. And that's a huge generalization. So if you are blonde and you like wearing a lot Hello. of floral stuff and you are a kick-ass feminist, I fucking support you as much as anybody else. But it was just interesting being in that environment and actually sort of being, you know, finding other women in the room that really felt the way that I feel and I think that you feel about this industry. And it was great that we all connected and we all come together. And I do feel like there's a bit of an uprising happening professionally in the industry and and it will come through and uh, really make a, a, you know, a big mark, I think. But it's just going to take a bit of time. Maybe it starts with us. Yes. Yes, it does. Right here. And also the bride chill is like the feedback that I get, you know, just even listening to the comments that we've had today on the show, these are really forward thinking, interesting people that are taking challenges in in their stride and really making it work for them. And I think that's exactly where it starts. So I'm really proud that we can have this conversation and spread it and hopefully more people will learn and and question and take some really big leaps. Yeah, I've never met a bride who's regretted using feminism to improve, you know, her wedding and the decisions she's making for this lifetime change. Never heard of Likewise. 
Yeah, likewise. And I think it's it's empowering and I also think it's a great conversation starter and really explaining to people why you're making these choices is another way to share how we all feel and and, uh, and just I think also having a conversation about feminism in general and making guys especially realize that you know it's not a it's not a hugely challenging concept when it comes down to it equality is not you know complicated yeah that's a good point so for all the steps that a feminist bride might take it's just as important to have a feminist groom side by side with you um you know helping you make these decisions and making them together um and respecting the differences of opinions or you know the desires of each other so Good. Well, that's a very good way to end this conversation. And gosh, it's, I always enjoy uh, our chats and I get so riled up and excited. <laughs> I want to go and write some sort of manifesto. Anytime. <laughs> Where can we uh, support you? Now, you're a new mum. You, you're very busy, uh, you know, producing beautiful life, no doubt. But you're still updating the blog and keeping everything moving, aren't you? Yes, I'm going forward with that. And so I've been writing for a lot of other websites too. So you can all check that out on thefeministbride.com. Fantastic. And you're on all the various social medias. And I will link to uh, this this wonderful website and some of your um, your great blogs on today's show notes as well. And if you have a question, if you have a feminist uh, I was going to say sort of conundrum, maybe it's maybe you are having a conundrum, maybe you need an answer, then I encourage you to get in touch with uh, both of us, visit thebridechiller.com for today's show notes, thefeministbride.com for more information. And thank you so much for coming back on the show. It's so lovely to have you on. And and, uh, I think today I'm sure we'll give people lots lots of chances to go and discuss their feelings and thoughts about name change with their partner and their family. Thank you so much. (laughs) Happy days. If you have visited vendors, gone to meetings and thought, ah, what are the questions that I need to ask this person to make sure they're legit and they're going to do the job properly? If only I had the Bride Chiller Field Guide, which contains all of the big, important questions you should ask before you sign on the dotted line with any vendor. This is what makes the Bride Chiller Field Guide very different from anything else on the market, which is why I wrote it. To pick up your copy of the Bride Chiller Field Guide and the Companion Bride Chiller Survival Guide, visit bridechillerstore.com and I thank you for supporting the Bride Chiller Podcast.